then, <laughs> then go back into it. And how real it is. That, that's real life. Not, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times the meditations are these like fantasy sequences. It's yeah. like, oh, imagine you're somewhere yeah. that's unrealistic. But even if you were at a fantasy beach, you'd still have your real phone. Right, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. you could do just that as a podcast. With you talking just like <laughs> yeah. that, I would listen to it. Yeah. You remind me of when uh, Jordan and I were in... Dover, Delaware for Firefly Festival mm-hmm. and there was like there were these woods you go into and everyone's tripping and stuff and there's a guy just sitting there with his violin just talking just like that uh. <laughs> and then just like the, yeah like I don't know it was yeah it, but he was saying like such funny stuff <laughs> and then if you even notice you laugh he was like talk about you start talking about you as he's doing this thing or whatever and you're like oh my god what you see yeah something? yeah we're just like laying in the hammocks and anyway I just had to say that. Yes. Well, he doesn't yes. have a violin, but he is here, and he's our guest today. Yes, on Sessions with Mary Jane. Yes. Jordan, would you like to introduce our guest yes. for Well, the- this is Sessions with Mary Jane with uh, Brendan O'Brien, Rena Ezra, and Jordan Free. Yes, yes, And yes, your yes, guest yes. today. Which we excited. We're, we're, we're trying to eventually, we'll one to time, as stoners, like, get the opening right. <laughs> nah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, but today we have um, comedian... Filmmaker, mm-hmm. teacher, um, producer, um, wearer of the color purple at the yeah, moment, and it's true. Uh, host of co-host of Stoner Morning Show, co-founder of Stoner Morning Show, uh, Sean Wickens. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's too many things that I do. <laughs> is what I. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like it would be nicer to just come up with one word that describes me I feel like that would I don't know I just like being concise yeah yeah <laughs> that's the word to describe you I mean no I, I would rather come up with a, con- a, oh, oh, a concise, concise descri- word. yeah descriptor a you word that is like concise Do you, uh, can you think of one for yourself um it's something that I have been thinking about lately because I've also been thinking about maybe somehow not calling myself comedian mm. only as so just to I don't know, just to differentiate myself a little bit. Uh, from the other comedians? Just, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> also from, I don't know, from comedy in general, just yeah. because people are mad about comedy. Even the people who are comedians, they're like, mm. they're always complaining about it. Yeah. They're complaining that it's a bad time for comedy, and which is like, so many times I'm around comedians and I'm like, I wish... You were talking about something fun. Complaining mm. <laughs> about stuff. Yeah. What, what's the percentage of comedians you talk to that talk about things that are not fun things? Oh well, I think just going to a lot of times, just going to an open mic and sitting there and just like hearing people talk, complain about stuff was just mm. a, a drain. Mm. You know, I don't know. Is Jordan? Did you think that going to open mics and stuff like? For sure. <laughs> open mics killed me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I hate open mics. But some of them are so also much. fun. Some yeah, no, no, no. Fun. Like, So there are some hosts yeah. that, like, really turn it into a fun experience. Mm. Um, but some are just sort of, like, not happy to be there. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. Uh, especially, like, I don't know. Did you start in Cleveland? Or uh, start- kind of. I, I started, I tried doing stand-up, and I failed and I, like, refused to take a class in stand-up because mm-hmm. I thought, well, if I have to take a class in it, obviously then I'm not supposed to do it. I, felt, <laughs> I was like, oh, you have to be born to do it or something. Um, but I took writing classes there and then took improv classes in New York. Cool. Um, and then kind of didn't try stand-up for 10 years. And then oh, uh, 
Were you doing improv in that time? Yeah, I was doing improv, and then I was asked to submit a show at the pit for, like, some solo fe show festival. And I was like, I don't know what to... They were like, oh, you you know, come up with a character to do or something like that. And I was like, I don't know how to do characters, but I can tell... And I don't know how to tell jokes. That This is when I... Before I realized I could tell it, write a joke. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know how to write jokes. So I was just like, oh, I'll just tell funny stories. And so I went to open mics just practicing funny stories. Mm -hmm. And then... But being on stage and getting comfortable doing that, I, like, tricked my brain into writing jokes. Huh. Hmm... Because I was just there, I was just telling stories, but then I would come up with new stories to tell, and then I would edit them down. And some of them got started as like two paragraphs, and then just, oh, I could say what I want to say just in one sentence. Mm -hmm. So I like f discovered that a lot of times jokes are just stories with all the unnecessary stuff taken out of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> <clears throat> that's, that's really cool. My, that's what I think. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really you don't have to think I that definitely, as well. well, going for me, for going from improv to comedy, I did. I just did it in telling oh. stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, I don't do, I don't do stand-up at all. I don't consider myself a stand-up comedian. I'm not, uh, like, because yeah. I did it for a very, very short period of time, mm -hmm. and then I was like, mm, I'm done. Yeah, it's made me way yeah. too anxious. But, but then for you to, like, do that, I don't know. That's not just, like, a formula, though. I wonder how many other people, if they've come to that well, conclusion in their process. I know that um, Richard Pryor said in some interview or in some book that he started out as a joke teller and then became a storyteller mm -hmm. and just threw in jokes. Um, so I, I really think about comedy as, like, being on a spectrum between joke tellers and storytellers. And Stephen Wright only tells jokes, even though some of them sound like stories, but then Mike Birbiglia, like, only tells stories. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Those are my, like, extreme examples in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, shall, shall we challenge? Shall we? It's hidden. Shall we challenge? No, I just think I'm talking like Sean Connery now. Anytime I say the the, the shush mm. syllable. Oh, shall I'll, we? oh, I'll definitely take a challenge. But I did have a thought on the way over here. Oh yes, what was your thought? And weirdly, in the last year, I've been thinking more. I've been having just weird like business ideas. Um, like I had one the other day where it was like. There should be somebody, some company that markets body pillows to single men, and the catch is that you can. Um, it sounds so sad of an idea, but I think it's funny. <laughs> it's like you can order a body pillow and have it scented like your ex girlfriend's hand lotion or shampoo or body wash. <laughs> but I feel that it sounds hilarious, but I also feel like that could be a business that exists. You know what I mean? I so, feel like that it. Does exist. Yeah. yeah, and I told somebody else about it, and it's like, oh, you're talking about sex pillows, and I was like, no, I'm talking about like, body pillows, like, something to cuddle. But yeah, cuddle there are, there are just those cuddle pillows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so so hmm. if your friends are over and they see you have a body pillow, they don't think it's it, they don't think it's an indication that you're sad that you miss your ex. Mm. <laughs> just think it's a body pillow. Right. But little do they but know. But then it has that it, subtle touch. Yeah, subtle exactly. Touch. What if one of them <laughs> grabbed <laughs> that pillow and tried using yeah. that pillow and, like, folded it up? That would be kind of uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. It has, like, her exact birthmark. <laughs> well, it right. also doesn't look it's like her. Oh, it, it doesn't. It's just, like, a huge thing. But it's... But it's not shape, it's it's not shape of a human? Does it have two arms, two legs? And no, like I a, think it is, like, like sort a dummy? of... I think it's sort of bowling pin shape. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, if you like bowling, also that's, that's yeah. a win-win right there. But anyway, so here's something something I thought about when I was just walking over, 
And it's that, um, you know, I live in New York and there's a lot of like tourism there. Like eventually it'll be back, you know, but I thought about starting a tour guide business where, so the excitement isn't that you're going to be with somebody who really knows New York. Your, your tour guide is somebody who's going to pretend that they are also visiting New York. So you can have the thrill of this like, extra enthusiasm. But the thing is, is that I would never actually hire tour guides. I would just link people up together. Yeah. That's so great. And, that's and, and, great. Just, and just like tell them, all right, somebody's an actual tour guide. <laughs> but everyone's just pretending to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no one, no one knows who's a tour guide. Yeah. Someone's suddenly guiding idea. this tour along. Right, right. Because <laughs> then, it, like, inevitably, somebody would just take the reins of just like, well, I want to see the Empire State's building. Right. And then everybody would be like, I think that's the tour guide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is, there is no tour guide. You yeah. know, personalities manifest themselves. Oh, God. How do you make this happen? This is great. I don't Craigslist. know. Yeah, you just Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist. Everything happens. Like, or Groupon. Yeah. Honestly, if you just stand on the street corner and you say, like, you like give, like, a very, like, affordable price for a tour, people will come to oh, you. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because I, I was working on, uh, on the corner on one of the corners of Times Square. Uh, it's like kind of barking like for a restaurant for a mm-hmm. while, and like people are so willing to talk to you. Like, like oh if, yeah, like, a lot, like if you have something to offer them, you know, like <laughs> like a lot of them will ignore some of like the people they don't want to talk to. Like they like the the strip club guys have a very hard time because like especially during the day because like, they're out there during the day too trying to get people to come in there like for like the later night shift yeah um, but uh, but yeah but there's a lot of people who like want because they're like they, they want like the New York experience of talking to like a real New Yorker. Who's yeah. There, oh know? yeah. <laughs> a real New York yeah. a college kid from upstate. That's right. <laughs> it's still New York, baby. <laughs> all right, shall we challenge Sean? I sure. got it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Um, so you are uh, the host of Stoner Morning Show. Yeah. So uh, in honor of that, we were thinking we were going to challenge you with uh, coming up with as many TV uh talk show host as possible. Oh. Is this late night or like, any talk show host? Any time of the day. What do you decide? Any time of the oh, day. Really? Like, I just have to list off names of hosts. Yes. Shouldn't okay. we narrow that and make it harder? <laughs> Isn't it more than that, that he has so to come many. up with? Mm. Oh, you're just saying he's going to be able to name so many. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. He is uh, with yeah. Mary Jane, as we like yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rest of this will just oh, be... Boy. Silence until I think of more names. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. Basically, we'll just carry out the conversation, and, then oh, you, yeah, and yeah. you interrupt us whenever you want to, and, yeah, yeah. and just like shout out a name when you think of it, and like we'll write them down and have them for you. Oh, okay. And we'll check to make sure they are real as yeah. we get the deep depths of, of potentially is that really a talk show person? Do they sound like they have the name of a talk show person? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, um, I think the high who's the highest person we've had? Not highest. We've had a lot of high people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Many who's the high highest? The highest scorer of the high people. Uh, hmm. I'd have to you go have the spreadsheet. PA. Oh, yeah. PA, get in here. PA is always listening. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. I'll get back to you on that. I think well, I while, while we're possibly getting that number, I'll just throw out Johnny yeah. Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna, I, I want to say Gary Shandling, even though he was played a character. So I'll put Gary Shandling and Larry Sanders, even though mm-hmm. I feel like that might be... Because they're fictional, cheat. right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've never actually seen uh, like anything Larry with Gary Shandling or like the Larry Sanders stuff. The, the Larry Sanders We'll count show. Gary Shandling. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, at least write it. Well, at least write it. It'll down. be in the record books regardless. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the PA thinks yeah, because yeah. he's also our referee. I think our buddy Burt Piper has the uh, highest. What was that challenge? He's got the highest. Uh, Broadway like musicals. 30, oh, wow. Uh, 
Yeah, he knows. Oh, there were so many. Yeah, yeah. He had a yeah. I think he did have forty-five. You have it on your bag. You're I'm not even gonna it. shoot for that many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. We, you just get as many as you can get. Yeah, you're right. You gotta beat forty-five. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Larry Sanders show is very good, and I didn't watch it until like my former girlfriend got uh, somebody's HBO Go password. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like in the last four or five years, mm-hmm. and. Um, well, I liked Gary Shandling, not as a comedian, but I remember reruns of his old show, It's the Gary Shandling Show, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I've tried to find, like, reruns of it. Like, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but, um, so I was already a fan of that, and I think maybe I saw his stand-up, and I was just, like, kind of unremarkable. They're <laughs> just like very dated and 80s, but uh, the show is really good because I think he even said it is about co-workers, but it's about co-workers trying to be a family mm. and trying to get along. Yeah. Um, which is very... Profound. Yeah. Hmm. Some would say Zen. <laughs> That's a deep cut reference for any comedy nerds. <laughs> the Gary Shandling dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On HBO. Plugging um, HBO Max. Thank yeah. you, Warner Brothers. We love you. <laughs> they Warner do have good stuff. They are for... not to yeah. when they have good stuff. I'm going to go, oh, like, all right, Chevy Chase. Uh-huh. Like a, um, what are your thoughts on Chevy? Oh, well, I grew up loving him, but then you hear he's an asshole, and then he just, it just sounds like you don't want to root yeah. for the guy or yep. laugh for him, I you know? I conflict. Yep. Um... But Fletch is hilarious. Wait, which show was Chevy Chase the host for? There was like a che- the Chevy Chase show. Really? Yeah, that's what it's I think it was on the same time it as Arsenio. Show- and, yeah, it was only. And, uh, wow, Arsenio. Arsenio didn't last that long either. Did he? I think, did he last? I think he stepped away or something like that. I think he chose to end it. I don't know. But I think Chevy Chase's show was supposed to compete with Arsenio Hall. It was huge at the I time. I think there was a thing with Arsenio Hall, though, where they wanted you to think he stepped away, but they actually got rid of him because uh, there was a... That's what I'm trying to remember, and I'm like, I think it is Arsenio. Sorry to interrupt know. you, but yeah. Yeah. He said Arsenio something. Hall, nice. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. Because he said something that was just, like, offensive or something. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, and then, uh, well, what's on your minds? I'm gonna th- I'm gonna try to think of more. Oh, oh okay. well, I, 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 sorry, I yeah. thought you were gonna <laughs> continue with another story. Um, uh, I definitely want to know about the Stoner Morning Show. Oh, sure. How did uh, that come about? Um, well, my friend Lex Morales and I we were doing a lot of road shows of of like, well, stand up and in, in some other like weird com- like stand up uh, adjacent kind of show. Which, you, I don't know, would take too long to describe. Anyway, we were, like, doing hey, a lot we of... we got a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we go three hours. <laughs> well, um... More press for you, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we were, we were just on the road as much as we could be, like, doing festivals or, like, just doing shows in bars mm. that, you know, fr- friends had, had connections with. But we were always trying to brainstorm new ideas, and um, we, we, we were even talking about podcasts... And then Lex was like, let's do a podcast where we're drunk. Mm-hmm. And, um, which makes sense because, like, Drunk Shakespeare is a popular show in yeah, New York yeah, and, yeah. and, like, Drunk History is a thing. Yeah. And I was like, 
I liked the idea, but then, but I was also like, well, we're not really drinkers. I mean, we will go out and have a few beers, but we're usually like getting stoned on the road or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was like, well, let's do something where we're stoned instead. And, um, but also I, for years I was thinking of wanting to do some stoner centric show because mm-hmm. I used to teach improv a lot in a, when I don't even know how I stumbled on this exercise, but if a team was not getting along, like if there was conflict within the, the group mm-hmm. that I like, even if I didn't know what the source was, it was just sort of like you could tell there was conflict. Mm-hmm. I would make them in like, uh, you know, rehearsals. I would make them do scenes where, and I would say, I want you to play a stoner playing somebody else. <laughs> so it's not, yeah, so it's, not, it's not that you're getting stoned in the scene, but mm-hmm. I want you to play a stereotypical stoner playing a, 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 a fire department chief or a stoner playing a teacher or a mm-hmm. stoner playing a construction worker. And whenever people would do that, the scenes would always go well because they weren't worried about, like, doing good improv or worried about the <laughs> rules. They were just sort of like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, like, everything's fine. Yeah. And it always made for funny scenes because nobody was, like, arguing. Mm-hmm. And um, so for years I would teach this. And, and even when I would go on the road sometimes, like, if, just on vacation, I would find improv theaters wherever I was near to teach workshops there. And I would pitch a workshop called Kind Stoners. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Because I was like, you have to like who you're on stage with. Like, one, the performers you should like, but you should also like the character that they're playing. Because that usually leads to better things. Yeah. And So anyway, I was like, dude, we should do something where we're stoned. And also through improv, my favorite kind of comedy scene, specifically in improv, is where something is established that's very familiar. Like, oh, this is an office, or this is a bank or mm-hmm. this is a family mm-hmm. like something has to be very familiar but then it, it, but then something is weird mm. and so I was like yeah. what's weird with stoners and, I, and then I was just sort of like well if what if we were doing a it was stoners trying to do a morning, morning talk <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we did that uh, I think we came up with that idea when we were in Louisville Kentucky we were there for like a Louisville Fringe Festival and I was like, I have an in. Uh, we had to drive back from Louisville to New York. We were, we were going to pass through Pittsburgh. And I was like, I know somebody who owns an improv theater in Pittsburgh. I'm going to email them right now and ask if we can do a stoner talk show. And they let us do it. And we, cool. only like five people showed up or something like that. Uh-huh. And the show is not that great. <laughs> but it was fun enough that we were like, oh, we have an idea here. Um, and then... Uh, we were trying to do it on the road a bunch, and then the pandemic happened, and then it sort of like went from live show to podcast to a live streaming thing. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, how the best shows usually start, though. Oh, yeah. You just do them on a whim when you're like, I gotta do something different. Right, yeah. right. Let's try it out. Let's yeah, do yeah. it. That's and, awesome. And I do, I don't know, I do like talk shows. I grew up watching late night shows like David Letterman, for example. Uh, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I never yeah, liked Conan O'Brien. Same as he is, oh yeah. I always liked Andy like Richter more. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I always liked talk shows, and, um, like, I like stand-up as well, but I was always, there was a part of me that was like, what if I do a talk show instead of stand-up? Um, but it, 
just because it's like you can still be funny, but there's the interesting thing of like the unknown. Like you don't know what your guests are gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like an element of danger. Yeah. Also, it's different than the late night talk show because those are so controlled, and the TV talk shows are so oh, controlled. Yeah. Yes. So like yes. you could have longer form interviews now, yeah. and you could really get the best out of people. The TV I, talk shows are scripted. Right. It's yeah. true. So that's like it is. I also think somehow one of the seeds that led to the, the idea of Stoner Morning Show is like I just happened to be watching like a lot of TV news bloopers on. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube. Those are so fun. It's so yeah. hard. It's so, or so easy to like, fall out of the wormhole. Right, right. And, I mean, what makes it so funny is that it's like, anything that happens, it doesn't matter, but they're working in this weird format where it's just sort of like, things have to be a certain way. Like, if anything goes wrong, it's it's bad. So that it's like, when something does go wrong, it like affects them so deeply. Mm. It's like, like, who cares if a microphone falls <laughs> out of the or like a, a, a microphone boom falls into the shot or yeah. like it it's such an innocuous thing that doesn't matter but it like ruins everything for them mm. oh yeah everybody it, gets fired if that happens yeah, or at least the guy who was responsible yeah for right because it seems so unprofessional or something I don't know it's like a weird thing to play with yeah well do you, do, do you oh, feel like yeah. doing improv like made you more adaptable to like the situations where you were, like, were performing or like doing some kind of show and then all of a sudden things went wrong somehow yeah, and I think, like, when I started to do stand-up, I had to, like, remind myself that I can roll with things. Because there was, like, at the at the time when I was starting out, I was so concerned with writing the, repeating the jokes, how mm-hmm. I had rehearsed them and written them, that I had to, like, remind myself that I can roll with things when things go different. Because the fun of improv is always that, um, it's that, uh, it's all right. It's live theater, but we don't have a script. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll at least make it up or something like that. So it was like it's somehow more powerful than scripted theater because it's like if you go to a Broadway show and the power goes out, well, the show can't go on. Or if yeah. like actors don't show up, uh, yeah. the the show can't go on or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, with improv, it's like there is a problem, but we'll we'll get over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had, to, I had to remind myself that I had already had experience doing that when I was doing stand-up because mm-hmm. it was like, um, I think I was heckled by a friend and I didn't know how to respond to it. <laughs> and then uh, afterwards I was like, I should have just w- rolled with it or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I shouldn't have gotten so thrown. Yeah. It's a different environment, though, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. you're in a different headspace when you're doing stand-up, because a lot of it is trying to remember, like, the way you wrote the jokes and trying to be focused on that. So if you do get thrown off by intervention, then, like, it, it really throws a wrench to your plans. Oh, yeah. I I do sometimes teach stand-up, and I always tell people... Because a lot of them don't have improv experience, so in some ways I'm trying to, like, impart improv skills <laughs> when I'm yeah. teaching like how to write double agent yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I always say that if you are nervous on stage or if you lose your place just say to the audience that you've lost your place yeah because it's like denying the truth and reality is like will be worse than if you just admit to what's going Mm -hmm. on yeah true true um 
Yeah, because like that's like like acknowledging that you care about the intelligence of the audience. Because like we, yeah. if everyone knows something went wrong, it's just like call attention to it and just and then just move on from it. Right, right. It is the one like form of comedy also where you do break the fourth wall. Like improv, you don't really break the fourth wall yeah. besides like talking to the audience to get a suggestion. But mm-hmm. then for the most part, you're not interacting with the audience unless you're doing something that's kind of experimental. Yeah. But like with stand up, like that's all part of it. Like the audience is part of the show. Yeah. And like how much you interact, that's like playing up your skills as a mm-hmm. comedian like if you could get the audience to say something funny if you could get the audience to laugh a bunch you're a legend like oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's, well it's being an entertainer yeah like right. in any form you are as an entertainer you have to like that's just when you make that pivot yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is that your broader maybe that is entertainer the one word that describes you oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or creative maybe. how what is your like how did you, um, I don't know, how did you know that you were just like, yeah, I'm this person who's going to start doing this, and this is my creative, this is your creative outlet? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was that, well, I kind of wanted to, I was too afraid to try to get on stage when I was in, like, high school and college. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I might be able to perform somehow. I, I knew I was funny with friends. And um, I... Uh, uh, I don't know. It was like I was so afraid to try for so long, but I still wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Well, if the 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 drive to want to do it is still there, I guess I should try to do it." Yeah. Um, and then uh, to be honest, like I uh, well, once I, I took writing classes and once I I started, um, you know, experimenting with improv and stuff like that. Like, the compliment I would get most just from friends was, like, you're funny. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was sort of yeah. like, I, I, guess, I guess I should keep trying to be funny then. And yeah. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. That's um, cool. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. What's your favorite part about performing? Like, is it, like, the, the immediate feedback? Is it just, like, the way it makes you feel? Like, what is it that, that you love the most about it? It's kind of, I think, the just surprise of I mean even if you're doing jokes that you've written like there is still a lot of unexpected things that happen Mm -hmm. like sometimes you just think of a new way to tell a joke like in the moment or you think of a new tag in the moment or like um it's like just a very thrilling and unexpected thing sometimes people will um heckle you but then you have the perfect comeback or something yeah, like that yeah <laughs> so it's like the surprise of it and but there's also the surprise of like coming up with it in a way because it's there's a lot of times when like anything that you try on stage that you think it's funny you're sharing it because it, you thought it was funny first mm-hmm. I feel like um and I mean we can go into <laughs> we can go into more of like uh, the stuff you think is funny and then it just doesn't work. Yeah. The stuff you think is funny and then it does work. I don't know, but um, like a few a few months ago, I was just when it was it was October. It was like it, the times did feel different, and I really was not trying to be creative just because I was going through a moment of like, what's the point of doing it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of even? Not only what's the point of doing it now, like Sean, what was the point of you ever trying to do it? That mm-hmm. kind of like horrible thoughts, you know. But I was sitting at home alone, 
I wasn't like upset at the moment. I was just sort of like just not trying to be funny or anything or think of funny things. But I was just sitting at home and I was listening to music and I was a little stoned. <laughs> but I had like five different premises just come spring to my mind without trying to think of anything. And then I, and they fit together so well. And I immediately started bragging on social media. I was like, I just wrote the best 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I, and I even like people were thought I was joking and I was like responding back <laughs> to friends. I was like, I'm being very serious. Oh and then, my God. And I, I booked it at a, sh- a live show in Brooklyn. I started telling people, I was like, this is the best 10 minutes of my life. Not, uh, not a lot of friends show up, showed up, but, like, people thought, said they were going to show up, but it was a good crowd. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I even told the hosts, I was like, this is going to be an incredible 10 minutes. And then, <laughs> it, I, and it worked, and I felt like I lived up to the potential. And it was, like, the amazing thing of, was, like, I didn't sit down and try to write this stuff. It was just shit that happened. And it, I thought it all fit together so well. Oh, that's... Um, that's such a great feeling. Yeah. That's a, yeah. When that, wow. Hmm. Sometimes you got to block yourself. Yeah. You know, you got that mental block in front of your brain, you know, because your brain is just a bunch of circuits. Yeah. So if you like block the circuit, then your brain can't get to where you need to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, um, oh, well, I did. So I did also. Oh, you've heard that 10 minutes because I did. Oh, yeah, I, I was did on one of the shows. Yeah. You heard his. I did it. He 10 minutes. It's also released somewhere, right? Yeah, People I did can it. Get it somewhere. I did where, it. where can they get it? Give, I give our good fans yeah. a plug. I did it live five times, or not live, I did it over Zoom five times. Jordan opened for me on one of those times. But, um, and then I picked the best one and then I uploaded it to Spotify. So if you look up the okay. best 10 minutes of my life, or if you look at my name, Sean Wickens, you can Got you. hear those those ten minutes. Awesome. It's actually eleven awesome. and some change, but I I joke that the best ten minutes are within that eleven <laughs> and a half minutes. See, the the real uh, challenge is to find the one minute and thirty six seconds <laughs> yeah, that need to be edited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, Jay Leno is a host. Yes, he Steve is. Harvey is a host. Ellen DeGeneres is a host. Oh, he is going. Yeah. Yep. Um, Alan Thicke had a talk show. Alan Joan Rivers. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, Wait, Alan Neil deGrasse Tyson did a live show called Star Talks. I think. Wow. He's a talk. Oh whoa. Really? Was it still on? Well, I think it was a podcast, but they did it live a few times on TV. Uh, no, they did it like a, live in a theater. It's like, a live. No, TV it's host. It has to Only be. TV hosts. Oh okay. TV Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Talk Broke show host, day show host. 27 lashes. Who's Wendy Alan Thing? You said Alan Thing. Wendy Williams? Yeah. Yep, that's one for sure. Whoopi Goldberg is co-host of The View. That counts. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the that Alan Thick show, yeah. That counts. It was a Canadian talk show. Oh. Wow, um, we're going yeah, international. Yeah, we didn't specify. Are we talking about only single hosts? See, we got to cover. We had to narrow sure. down this list. This oh, is a lot. okay, Fernwood Tonight was a, a scripted sitcom that was a talk show. Fernwood tonight. But is it a that's sitcom? a little too far. That's okay. stretching. Or a talk <laughs> show. Those are two well, separate things. Well, I guess it wasn't a sitcom. It was like it was a talk show, but it was scripted. You're already on performance-enhancing drugs. You don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't. Well, what are your thoughts about comedy? I've been talking about it for. Wait, can I ask you? Because yeah. you're the first person on uh, who's from this time in comedy, uh-huh. and I kind of want to hear somebody talk about it on the podcast because, okay. like, they don't really understand this time in my life. The six p.m. like Eastville shows era. Oh, can you yeah. can you talk any to that? I don't know. Like, we don't have to name some names. Oh, like, we sure. can name some names if it's funny, um, and maybe people will listen if we get all controversial. But like. Yeah. Obviously, there's a booker who's booking us, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my thoughts, like, are, my thoughts I'm on this. You hosted a little bit too, right? I, At times, yeah, yeah. Like everybody would get yeah. shifted in sometimes. Yeah. yeah, my thoughts on it were mixed, <laughs> and uh, my thoughts on it were mixed. And, but it was like, it was experience. It was nice to be asked back regularly. It was nice to get paid for for bringing people. Mm. Um, but personalities were not fun a lot of the times, and it's not fun to work with somebody that you hear people talking, saying bad stuff about, even though they're treating you right, but also, I get, it's like having a boss that you like the job, but you don't like the boss mm-hmm. as a person, mm-hmm. but he is still kind of good to you. Um, I guess that's what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is a very interesting thing. This is a club you both worked at? What is- uh, we, like, so when I, I got back we, from, I think that's yeah, where we met. Yeah, we met um, when I got back from college. I, I met good comedians there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, like, it was, a, it was like, this booker basically had, like, the 6 p.m. slots on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Monday at 8 p.m., and then I think that was basically it. Uh, sometimes he, like, got other days, but those were, like, the main days. And he would just have these, like, long-ass lineups, but, like, oh, yeah. he would pay, like, the host, he would pay the headliner, so, right. like, it was a good, like, situation. And, like, I would host a lot of those shows, which was, like, very good, like, yeah. to, after college, get some money, get some cash. Like, I'm coming into the city from Warwick for the first shows that I was doing and it's like $36, $32 to like get in from Warwick and go back and it's like if I'm not getting paid it sucks, you know? And like people are living in the city and it sucks and like uh, a lot of people force you to do bringers and like his big thing was like I don't do bringers, I don't do bringers like, but um, I've gotten paid $300 from that dude and then also been owed $100 from that dude. Like it's been on the spectrum of like owing money and like being paid money where I'm like what the fuck I'm, I'm literally walking down a street with $300 yeah, in my yeah. pocket like I'm 22 years old like I should not have this type of money in my pocket <laughs> right, right. right now <laughs> no it's like it was a good and well it was a good and mixed experience I guess and yeah. like coming from improv where it was like a fun usually fun environment um, and it was good a good place to learn like the tools of performing and stuff yeah. but you always felt sort of like underappreciated because there's like there's no way you would ever get paid for, yeah. for an improv show yeah yeah that's, that's like very like very topical now especially with like a, a lot of these theaters getting shut down a lot of yeah. their like toxic practices being exposed but it's like yeah. it's part of the improv culture that it's always like improvisers don't get paid and that's yeah, the way yeah, it is right. right I think that's gonna hopefully change right. like as improvisers take back the producer power yeah. I think like as theaters kind of are finding out they can't pay rent anymore and there's fewer and fewer spaces like I feel like it is going to be more 
the improviser producers kind yeah, of yeah. creating shows on their own which like unless you're learning for the first time like you really don't need the theaters around you unless like you want to cultivate a space like yeah. that's ideal but it's also like very hard to cultivate a space that is just improv yeah. like sometimes it's good to like have an improv circuit where improvisers are kind of popping around to different venues and like there are places to learn improv and then there's also places that are outside of the traditional improv spaces yeah. to like bring it to different audiences bring it to more monetized audiences because like if you're at a bar people will throw money at you like mm -hmm. if you're making movies or at a movie theater people will throw money at you mm -hmm. it's a ticket like you gotta buy a ticket to go into a movie theater you know yeah like if you just adapt a little bit i feel like the performers can figure out how to monetize it more because mm -hmm. like if you figure if you can find spaces after this which like there's a lot of spaces open. There's a lot of people who have had dreams of starting theaters that are probably going to start now <laughs> that, like, all the dust is settled mm -hmm. or some of the dust is settled. But yeah. it's a crazy world. Yeah. Long, yeah. long oh, yeah. Hope so. <laughs> Need us some improv in this world right it's now. Just, yeah, it just yeah. sounds very depressing. Yeah. Just, yeah. When was the last time you did improv? Oh, maybe, like, two years ago. Uh, I, like, kind of... I was on a... I kind of quit like four years ago or something like that, maybe three. But I would get randomly asked to sit in on people's shows, mm -hmm. um, and and I would still like teach once in a while. Um, so I've been around it. Oh, it's the ASMR section of the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're out there. You've been waiting for this. It's fun to just watch this. It's a different experience from. Only hearing it, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I had this no. weird memory recently of... Uh, <laughs> um, I had this weird memory of being in a car and pulling up next to a guy on a motorcycle who had a dog in the sidecar. Mm -hmm. And the dog and I stared at each other for a while, and then the light turned green, and the motorcycle and the dog pulled away. Mm -hmm. And the dog just kept on looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> As it was, like, it craned its neck to look at And, like, I just had that memory recently, and I actually couldn't remember if it was a memory, or if it was a dream, or if it was something that somebody told me happened to them, or if it was something I saw in a movie. Yo, <laughs> it gets crazy when you have that. You can't tell. But oh yeah, what, and which the, it is. And the reason I thought of that is because I saw a dog inside of a car that reminded me of the dog that was in the sidecar of that motorcycle. Uh, was it the same dog? Was it, was it, yeah, it was no, question. there's no way. But I still couldn't remember if it was. Do you think that's no, a, but did it look like the same breed in when you were? It, where I, I think it was the same breed because it, like, I saw this dog and it remind, reminded me of that time I locked eyes with a dog in a sidecar, <laughs> either in reality breed. or not. Yeah. Do you think this is a weed thing, or do you think this is an unrelated? Like everybody could feel this thing. Oh, like I feel like I've had some spiritual moments like that where I'm just like, I've lived this moment already. Yeah. I've had this thought already. Like, oh, what's going on? Know? Yeah, like, very bad deja vu, exists. yeah. I think that, that is, like, yeah. that's... People have to... I don't think it's strictly a weed thing. I don't know. I do always wonder about the mindset of somebody who's never tried anything mm -hmm. experimental, which I don't see myself as, like... I don't know. I've only had a few psychedelic experiences. Mm -hmm. 
I don't even know if I would call the... Uh, I guess I would call myself a very casual, like, once every four years user. Of it, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, but I always think about somebody who's, like, never tried and never wanted. Like, in some ways, maybe it's a nice way to exist. Of just sort of, like, hey, these are the rules of reality. This is what... You know what I mean? Don't yeah. need to think much beyond like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think there is like an openness that I gained uh, when I started doing psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Like marijuana opened me up to just like a level of acceptance that I never thought was possible, just mm. based off of like strict upbringings, like yeah. old-fashioned small towns, oh, like sure. stuff like that, like. Once you can break out of that thinking mm-hmm. and, like, open up your mind, like, a lot can really change. And yeah. then once you get into the psychedelics, it really, like, broke my brain, like, spirituality-wise, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, what is possible in the world because you're like, oh, we're just perceiving the world. So if I take these drugs, I can perceive the world, like, oozing and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's, like, just thinking deeper and deeper into what's possible yeah. is just a wonderful thing that makes me happier to be alive mm-hmm. and be a human and be a person mm, hell yeah <laughs> have uh, have any of you read the book the four agreements no, no. no. Is it? Oh. well it's a self-help book um which well i don't know i'll just touch on it briefly <laughs> i i had a, i got i went through a breakup a few months ago and it was like you know i'm fine but it was like weird and so, but I was like, ah, oh, there's things I gotta identify my, about myself that I could improve on. And uh, around the same time of thinking that, I came across this book called The Four Agreements. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's like lessons that are based on this, these, uh, this group of, uh, I guess, witch doctors or monks that come that come <laughs> from the Mexico area, hmm. from you know, centuries ago. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like four things that you should remember about life moving forward. I don't know. I think it was like life changing. I've told a lot of people to read it. Whoa. It was a lot of, so you're not going to tell us? You're not going to tell us? No, I can't. It's, it. it's um, you know, the four agreements that you're supposed to make with yourself. I, I, I guess I thought of this because you talked about traditional upbringing. And oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of this is just sort of like, you're broken because you were raised by broken people yeah. who, who are you know. Generational trauma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the four agreements you have to make with yourself is are to speak impeccably, like really mean what you say and say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything personally. Um, shoot, I might have like forget these the other two. <laughs> two is good. Two is good. Yeah, <laughs> I, like the, I like the don't take anything personally one. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I feel, I feel like, like that's that definitely one. one of my essences. Like, it oh, would have sure. to be somebody, like, very close to me that I would take it personally if they were offended by something I did or, yeah. like, hurt by something I did, but with the exception of, like, the 15-person bubble oh, yeah. or, like, 15 <laughs> people away from me bubble. Like, yeah. I I don't give a shit, like, about the world or, like, anybody. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm just living my life and, like, that person over there is living their life. And, right. like, everybody's going to have very different opinions. So if you care about every single person's opinion, then you're never going to be able to live, yeah. you know? You just got to not hurt other people. I just remember the other two. Hell yeah. Uh, it's don't make assumptions. <laughs> and then the last one is do your best. And in, the, in the, that chapter, there's a lot of good stuff about, like, even... 
your best is the rel is relative to where you are at the moment. So if you do something and it's not your best, still try to do your best. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's like it's a it was a very good book. Uh, wow. Sounds good. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But that is very interesting. I we do. We do. I don't think people talk about that enough. How yeah. like we operate at different levels every day. Oh like, yeah. People yeah. just expect you to be at your best every day, and it's yeah. like no, there are different levels of operation. Like I'm always at a medium level, you know, but some days I'm better. Yeah. And then yeah. you think I'm better, and then if I have a bad day, then you're like, what is this? And it's like, no, that's like what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It's like I'm supposed to be around that medium level. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Life's about balance. I don't think you're ever going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I generally don't think because something's always going to shift and something's always going to change because your life is who you're around. Mm. And you're there's a chain reaction. You're connected to so many other people. People are your life. They're involved. So if something happens with them, it's going to affect you. Or something yeah. happens with anybody who you interact with or come across with or... Yeah, or, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like it's your very, job or your, your job is people. Yeah, it's... Just, it's very interesting thinking back on like, the different phases of your life and thinking about like, how you were at different ages and, like, and, like... Because, like, sometimes it does feel like you were a different person or, like, or, like you, like, feel, like, outside of, like, that experience because, like, you're... Especially the further away you get from some of those experiences. Right. Yeah, I, it, um... I've been thinking a lot about that, too, because sort of, like, um... You know, with doing a show called Stoner Morning Show... Mm -hmm. And but even bef years before that, teaching workshops called Kind Stoners, like none of my friends would really describe me as a stoner. Mm. But I think it perfectly describes a lot of the jokes and stories that I tell. Mm. So even if I was like when I first started out, I, I wasn't presenting myself as a as a stoner. I, I really don't try to now. I just you know, let people think what they want because I do a show called Stoner Morning Show. <laughs> but I think it makes sense because it, like, it redefines the... It rebrands, I guess, the things that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, like... I don't know, I think it, like, makes sense for, for the kinds of jokes that I tell. Also, I think it's interesting because uh, a lot of marijuana, cannabis, pot, weed has been blackballed from, like, television entertainment, oh, you know, yeah. because it's illegality, mm -hmm. you know? Like, people will smoke a J here and there in a movie, but, like, right. it has not been a part of the main culture on mainstream TV. It's always yeah. been a negative connotation. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like it really does allow a lot of people to get into the market right now because it hasn't been uh, mainstream on TV yet. Yeah, so, yeah. like, there are voices who are allowed to go through like I'd say uh, I actually can't say exactly somebody but there's somebody who I want to talk about who made ma weed a little bit more mainstream but we'll we'll talk about them later if you don't name them okay Snoop Dogg no not Snoop Dogg because no. <laughs> I just said that so yeah, 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 it's a <laughs> I was just like he's, he oh, yeah, hasn't yeah. been a talk show host has he I mean because it doesn't count he had a show Yo, he Snoop had a show, with, show. With, with I'm not going to say that one then mm. never mind I'm huh. not saying anything uh, you can't give me any hands. No hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Wiggins. We're slipping. No, I was. Oh, I just had other so talk show hosts. Oh hell yeah. But oh, oh Stephen Colbert and mm -hmm. Jimmy Kimmel mm -hmm. and uh, um, Chelsea. Oh. Go. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. You tell us. Tell you. Yeah. You gotta get the whole name. Well. 
<laughs> just put Chelsea blank for now. <laughs> B-L-A-N-K. Yeah. Oh, Terry Gross. Mm, not TV, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. It's only TV, yeah. yeah. Have you met a TV host? Late night host? Uh, I don't... No, I don't think so. Did you ever want to? Were you ever, like, like that person who, like, always watched a show? Every, or like multiple or like you had these yeah. like people that were like icons with you You'd be like oh wow I would love to I don't think I ever like was really like religiously like looked up to anybody um that's good but I feel like I, I yeah I feel like when I was in like junior high I, I liked David Letterman but for some reason I was just like oh he seems like kind of an asshole yes. <laughs> yeah um I don't know. I, I don't know if I ever really was like I have to meet them. I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen a taping of a of any of those shows before? I've Ooh, been. Good I've been to. I saw. I saw Stephen Colbert at the new, like when he went to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Uh -huh. And I actually went to his old show with some friends, but I had to leave because I had to go to work. Like we were like, oh, you have to get there at noon, but you wait in line for hours, mm. and then you, the show doesn't start till like five or something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, they and then wait that long. Yeah, it's, it was weird. But oh, um, when I was a kid, I went to see a taping of the Big Chuck and Little John show in Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio. What is that? They were. It's very weird. Like you know how there's like horror movie hosts, and mm -hmm. it's like a guy dressed up as a ghoul or yeah. Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> this was that kind of show, but it was just two guys. Oh. They didn't, like, dress up or anything. I don't know, so it was very... Weird. Like, unique, yeah. <laughs> um, but they would do, like, comedy sketches in between, like, talking about the movie and then, like, showing the movie. Oh, that's cool. yeah. So I saw a taping of that, that once, and, oh. like, when I was, like, 10, and it was very thrilling. Wow. To, to, um, to be there. Okay, uh... It was a show that was on the local CBS affiliate, I think. And at the time, there was a Flash TV show, also on CBS. Hmm. And it's so, like the like Flash superhero TV show? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Hamill played a villain. Oh, this was like a while ago. Oh, yeah, the old one. The uh, yeah, old one, one, right? Yeah. And um, so I had a Flash t-shirt, and I wear it to the taping, because I was like, if it's, a CBS, if, a, if it's another CBS show they'll probably put me on the air. <laughs> um, and I did get on camera once, because they, like, cool. swept over. No matter what I wore, they would have <laughs> oh been there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you want to know the first time I was on? Oh, I wasn't on actual TV. Oh. It was just the the Shea Stadium oh. uh, Jumbotron That's exciting. People's yeah. Court. I thought you were on actual TV. Oh, I was on real TV for People's Court. Yeah. Not actually. Oh. Uh, I wasn't a defendant or a... Uh, you were the, the judge? The <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy who made facial reactions behind oh, the yeah, uh, person he was, he was getting sued. judge. I was yeah. just like, what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what? Oh my god! You're so stupid! What? <laughs> you know what? I just came up with a TV show idea. <laughs> I'll share it. And it's that, um, it's like the, the people's court, but the judge is um, either the defendant or the plaintiff from the previous case. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great system also for yeah. the courts, like real life. Right. Just rotate them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Um, Brennan, you, you did, um, 
you did see a, a recording of a late night show, right? Uh, yeah, That's, I saw. I, yeah, so I saw Ryan? Conan was it when he, one of the times when he's at the Apollo. I went to one of those. Oh uh, yeah, I saw Conan at the Beacon Theater. Oh cool, oh, which was wow. which was exciting. Yeah, wow, Beacon Theater, nice. Yeah. yeah, and Conan's great too because like he, as like a person, he's just like enjoyable and like, he seems yeah. like, like he's like he's like fun to be around and like especially when you're seeing like, like a taping, you want because like. Some hosts will talk and like interact with the audience during, during the commercials, but some yeah. of them will fuck off and say, "No." Like I saw beat Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay can get two shits about the audience, but like Conan was like, <laughs> like talking. Yeah. Conan, Conan, Bobby like, Flay was doing a talk show. No, he had a. Oh, talk I was show. gonna get. Was no, because oh, okay. cooking shows don't count, right? No, they don't count. Just those cooking shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like Conan was actually like chill. He actually was like making jokes, like dancing in front of everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, being, he seems like such a lovable goofball. Yeah, like in real life. And, That's what I love. I think it's one of the things about like you. Could, I don't know how you feel about this, but like with like some of the like I guess with talk shows, like there are some who are like very true to their personality on camera, and then there are some who it seems like maybe they have like an altered like they're very different once the camera shuts off. Oh, uh huh. What and what's your question? The question is, <laughs> do, you, do you think you're true you to your on stage persona? When the, when the lights go off, do you feel like you really are who you are? Is that really Sean Wilkins on stage? Or is, is, is it just I was hoping that there would be a question by the end of that. Yeah. I started that with no question and I finished with no question. I, uh, I don't think that I exaggerate myself all that much on stage. I think I make my voice sound slightly more confident. Mm. And I think it's because I'm like, in my mind, I'm covering up any nervousness I have. Yes. Yeah. Good and, and in hearing recordings of myself on stage or hear, asking friends after the show about it, mm -hmm. everybody says I sound normal and not nervous at all. So I feel like somehow I'm trying to change mm -hmm. uh, my voice to compensate for any, like unknowables that are happening like mm. the fog of war kind of thing but mm. I think those two things happening make me sound regular mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so I think funny. I'm trying to be myself oh but it, so I think I'm trying to be myself um, maybe I'm trying to be a better version of myself hopefully and going going taking it back to the four agreements that book that I, re I really mm -hmm. recommend for anybody who's listening is I think those four things are also great lessons for comedy. The first one being speak impeccably. Like, I really don't try to say anything on stage that isn't something I actually believe. Mm. Like, um, like, I used to have a joke about um, pedophiles that was a perfectly well-crafted joke, and somebody booed once when I said it, and my immediate reaction was to take it personally, which is another thing that you're not supposed to do according mm -hmm. to this book. Don't mm -hmm. take it personally, you know? Mm -hmm. But also, I was like, yeah, do what, why do I really want to talk about pedophiles on stage at all? Like, mm -hmm. why do I... Like, it's not really anything that I do want to say. Mm -hmm. I respect that. Um, so it's, yeah, speak impeccably. Like, I try to... Um, my material, I try to... This is like the thing I truthfully believe the things that I'm talking mm -hmm. about. You know? So, um, can I yeah. just ask, what do you think about uh, comics then who do it for the absurdity, who do say all these things and then you're like, oh, is this actually how he thinks, or oh, is this his persona, yeah. whatever he's playing? Because there are many examples of. Those. Yeah. Well, I I understand how it works in a way, or why it works. It's just not what I want to do. I don't, know, I don't know. I think it. 
I'm not saying that that's ba it's bad. I, I think it's just bad bad for for me. Um, and in some ways, they're probably living by the same rule because even if they're playing a character and they're being absurd and not being who they are on stage, mm -hmm. the real them is somebody who doesn't care about whether they come off truthfully or not. True. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like. I mean, that is true to themselves as yeah. well, I guess. I mean, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that makes it, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. So, oh, so the other thing from the book is, like, don't take things personally. If the audience doesn't like a joke, who cares? Just move on. Yeah. yeah. Don't you, don't make assumptions. Like, don't assume anything that you're going to do is, is going to work. Because, like, that overconfidence sometimes kills. Like, it's more fun to think of things as, like, um, all right, I'm going to tell this joke, and it might not work either. Mm -hmm. and we'll see mm -hmm. if it does. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one, do your best. It's like, you know, like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's all you got. You just do your, you yeah. know, what are you going to, like, you know, succeed, fail, whatever. You just do it again. You yeah, yeah. Do it again and do, right. like, you know, no one's going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you do this, there are no, like, major... Yeah, I don't know. If you're doing it with being honest, there's no major like consequence. Yeah, yeah. Like bad, poor thing, or whatever that can come. Of. Yeah. Do you what? What about your sense of humor? Uh -huh. Like, where does that come from? What do you say? Like, or like, or your your parents? Anybody like comics in the family, or did that sort of thing? Or um, like, what did you gravitate to, to as you were growing up? Dark yeah. comedy or these type of films where it's like slapstick or. Do, yeah. Uh, my dad loved comedy, and he exposed me to a lot of stuff. Jack Benny, I think, was one of his favorite talk show hosts. All right. I was undoing my pen. Yeah, I screwed it back But, so my dad was very, he's very ridiculous and silly, and he's got, like, a very infectious laugh. Um, and he's very lighthearted. Uh, kind of happy-go-lucky. And then my mom was just not funny at all. Uh, <laughs> it's a good combination. Yeah, and she was, she was definitely very, like, lovely and wonderful, uh, but just, like, not, not funny. And, but enjoyed <laughs> comedy, but didn't, yeah. but didn't say a lot that made people laugh, you yeah. know? So she I was think, on the receiving end. You think that's why she's with your dad? Like, because you're, when you're with somebody uh, who's oh. really such a goofball, and then you're just the... Yeah, she was she was not at the receiving end as like the butt of jokes. She was no, the no, receiving no, jokes mean, of like yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She heard them better. She was, them the, she was yeah. about like the, the number one fan or the audience yeah. member of hearing all of yeah. these. You know, you're... so I think I'm a drive. I'm I'm the mom version of my dad. <laughs> Just oh. a drive. Yeah, drive. Got you. Um, yeah. And when I was younger, I definitely liked shittier, meaner comedy. Mm -hmm. And then you know, as I got older, I like got away from that. Do you think that has to do with maturity or is like, you know, um, or like, I don't know, because I still find farts funny. Like yeah. Oh like yeah, that, farts you know? are definitely funny. <laughs> and, I, you know, but I still do like juvenile stuff, like Jackass is hilarious mm -hmm. to me. And I actually, and I even like Tosh.0. Yeah. Which, like, he, I mean, he does it and comes off as like kind of offensive. But somehow he's able to do it better than us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I find him funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, I've always been into, into absurd stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know so, how I've changed. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just bombarding you with questions. Oh, no, right. <laughs> but you, you, like, uh... Well, let me ask you something real quick, because oh, you said sorry. that you don't do stand-up, so you just... You're, Not anymore, yeah, yeah. No, that was, like, less than a year. What do you still do? Acting, writing? Yeah, writing, um, performing, um, film, sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sketch comedy, like, yeah. is the, like... Yeah, when we did Circuit Break, um... <laughs> you can't see this, but Sean is posing for a photo I just want right to know how cool I am. Yeah. And you know what? Like, me off guard. Do you guys yeah, want to see this? Posing for a picture. Do you want to see yeah. this picture? Then go, go to our Patreon then and just like oh, throw yeah. some money down. We got so many good episodes. And now you're going to see this, yeah, right. this exclusive picture of Sean Wickens holding a beer. You and don't get that until you pay 10 bucks. That's right. $10 a month. And you can get our film we just dropped. We're gonna get a new tier. We're just plugging ourselves. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's a free up. He's a free up today. With the Patreon for the next episode. But the picture, we can be behind the horn. The picture, the picture, the picture. Is what you're talking about? Go ahead. Sorry. Where the horn? Yeah, yeah. I um. Oh wait, no, we just dropped a short film. Called oh, called not. Yeah, it's a it's a separate, oh, okay. it's a different film. I want to talk about the feature film real quick because it's um because you sent me a, a link. Oh yeah. And I talked about watching it. I've only seen the first half hour. Weird. And this is like a month ago. So I I should have watched it by now. But I, <laughs> and I, but I will watch the rest of it. Okay, we have something to do with the watch so awesome. It's a promising... No, yeah, I know. Because, like, yeah. I mean, you just said you're not this person, but... But it's a promising opening. I am looking forward to the rest of it. Yeah, no, we're very excited because we haven't gotten any downvotes on YouTube. Oh, that's good. Because, like, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. easy for people to just downvote it's us. True. And so far, nobody has done that. Yeah. And I hope nobody a gets as far into our podcast. You downvote us. I'll show you. Nobody, eh? I'll show you. And I'll say this to, to everybody. We all need to be better about what watching and supporting and listening to friends' stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because, Amen. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I low budget, like do it yourself art should be celebrated. Yeah, hell yeah. I agree. It's very tough though. And I'm trying to be better it's, about it. People are very busy though. And people no, it's are very true. overwhelmed. Just because like when people are home, they're kind of like, oh, I'm stressed. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Like my job is crazy. My life is crazy. I don't know where my blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like I get it. I get why people don't yeah respond to text messages. I get it why people don't watch it. Right. Because it's just like. There's it's there's so much craziness. People have lost loved ones. No, like people true. don't know yeah. if they're gonna be the loved one that is lost, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really fault people. It right. kind of is just like if you have extra time, you should be giving your time to your friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. if you have the ability to watch your friends if you have extra money, buy your friends shit. Yeah. You know, like support a local vendor, support local farm markets, like whoever you can, just cause like Amazon is taking over our country right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. The world. Yeah, yeah. I'm an Elon. I forgot my question, but let's move on. Oh. <laughs> you had a question to me. I have a question. What was the first time you ever laughed? <laughs> oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I mean, probably. I it was probably a, a laugh, a self laugh at some bodily thing that happened that was like farts. <laughs> it could have been a fart or it could have been like uh, a, like the stomach growling or mm. I don't know it's probably a self giggle 
do think yo cause babies yeah when yeah. they're laughing at that thing is just making them laugh but it's always a thing or somebody else and you're just yeah. or or yeah or you find, catch yourself doing something silly and you just chuckle at yourself that's yeah. very yeah. kind of would it be would it be weird if a baby came out like was birthed and was laughing on the way out like is would it be a cry that makes sense but like, <laughs> well would it be weird yes the answer is yes, yes it would be weird that'd be I've heard people talk about how like babies dream like in utero. Like, oh, do, wow. do you think there's laughter in utero? Ooh, I hope so. I bet that's something that we don't. Um, know. I guess. Yeah, it, I bet. Wow. <laughs> wow. I guess it would, I would drop a question. I guess Just tickle would, a pregnant person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what happens. I guess we would have to know. I if, don't think so. Yeah, I, I guess we'd have to know if if they are capable of making throat. In mouth noises, which right. they might not be able to in the yeah, because I don't fluid. think they're in they're in fluid exactly. They're encased in that, and their condition is they probably feel a different, body it's a different habitat. Dirt. That's well, yeah. that's why they cry because you're egg, they're exiting an entire comfort bubble. Like this yeah. is the thing all they knew. Then you're bringing light into their eyes. You're taking like they're they're probably cold, or you're taking them out because yeah, it's warm right. in there. Yeah. So that's why they cry because you're ripping them literally out of their nine month universe. It's trauma, and, and, like, and, and like it's just yeah. necessary it's trauma, but yeah, it's they trauma. Must, what we probably think. So like, all right, do you think being, a baby has ever been born asleep? It does sound scary. It does sound scary. I think if that, I mean, there are some babies though who do. There's nothing. There's nothing medically wrong with them. (laughs) How about how about a situation where it's a hospital? It's a busy hospital. There's there's multiple babies being born at the same time. Baby comes out asleep. Another baby comes out laughing and then wakes the baby. Baby goes asleep. I don't know it's also just making me think of like how we would feel if an alien plucked us from earth that's just uh, what make yeah. your, you're oh, making yeah. me think of I don't know yo I, I kind of hope I get that being, experience oh I want that not now I don't need it now but like at some point like when I'm old I would love to have that happen I think do you believe in the hmm. extraterrestrial Sean? do I? yeah uh, I, I, I believe there's some sort of form of life out there I don't know if I believe that we're currently getting um, abduct, abducted and repopulated and hmm. assimilated. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like an interesting folklore. I think it yeah. sounds like a modern yeah. day folklore. Yeah. yeah. Some people think that they're among us. Some people think yeah. they haven't come here yet. Some, Some people, people think that seen they UFOs. don't even exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the only people. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy to think of those know. three different options. All right, right. Yes. I don't know, there's just too many, but we're not the only galaxy. (laughs) That's the thing. There's just too many planets out in space. How could there not be other life forms, other specimens? All you need is, you know, uh, you can have a one cellular organism or you can have multicellular, but something as long as it's combined with like carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, like the elements that were in our, like that, that can happen. But how old is the universe? The universe is just gazillion years old too damn old there is just no, no time after a certain uh, point oh well I don't even know now we're just getting into universe? stuff that's way beyond my science level my yeah. science level is probably <laughs> <old>. that's <laughs> why you smoke weed you smoke weeds because then you don't need to know about science you can make your own science up. yeah <laughs> oh this is another weird idea I had recently and it's that like speaking of, of babies and stuff uh-huh. like I've always been interested in conspiracy theories just because it's like 
you know, just coming from comedy, which is absurdism, conspiracy theories is just, like, another form of absurdism. Yeah. And for years, like, I think I first had this thought in high school, I was like, man, it would be funny to come up with an, your own urban legend or conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And I just came up with one. Ooh, let's start. Is it starting now, or has, is it already out there in the ether? No, this is my first time speaking it out loud. Oh, oh my God, guys, this is the first time. And it's that, um, the... Society is being controlled by newborn babies through telepathy. Wow. <laughs> and it's that, and it's like, that's why oh things are God. so weird and crazy what? and emotional. Oh my God. It's because babies, they don't have the language to sort of communicate oh what they want. They're, it's just like, everything is sort of chaotic emotions. Oh my and stuff God. Like that. And like, all right, so now this sounds crazy, right? But think about how much people love babies. Mm-hmm. It's part of their sort of like mind control. Like, yeah, because they're thing. so cute. Yeah, yeah. They're so and they're also in control because like, it's like so you're that baby's women. Like you have a newborn baby, you're doing whatever that baby wants to do in the minute it happens. Right, right, right. And 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 they're, people so they're like leeches. And people can say like, and oh, well that's, well, that's just biology. But I, I mean, there's also you you hear the stories about like. Oh, this baby, it started speaking German or something like that. You know, the like, oh, this is a past life thing. What if a baby came out of the womb and it was speaking German? Would that be scarier? Well, that would be very scary, yeah. <laughs> no, or, or like, like Wait, some kids, is this real? Are you talking about it? Yeah, you, I think it was like a Reader's Digest story. Or it was like oh, a kid who had that. memories of like being on a U boat or something like that. Oh my or God. like saying the names of like what? soldiers that it worked with. So I don't know. So there's like, there is like metaphysical stuff wow. that that exists within the baby realm. Hmm. So it's not. Why is it hard to think that? And like people always say, like, oh, kids see ghosts. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like you're more tapped into the metaphysical when you're that, but then you get sort of indoctrinated and and sort of you learn language. But we. In system. We've all been like tapped into that metaphysical because yeah. we've all been newborn babies. Yeah. So with right. some of us, it just sticks with us, and yeah. some of us, we right. just grow out of it. See, and again, this is yeah. not something that I truly believe, mm. but it's like it's an easy thing to talk about. Yeah. You gotta believe it now, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. how did those babies? Like, <laughs> no, no, but like, think about like thirty thousand years ago. Like, how did those babies survive? Like, if like. I guess it's a chicken or the egg, like yeah, it's like yeah. an adult or yeah. a baby oh, and like mater- it, it explains maternal. It explains maternal instinct. Like moms uh-huh. would just say, like, "Oh, I, I know, I know, my, I know it needs something," and I went to the room and it was yes. like about to cry or something yes. like that. It's because you're being mind controlled by it. Yeah, but I think that's also because there's a gene that is. Oh sure. And again, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just trying to feed into this weird conspiracy theory. And, and the real reason it's good is because it's weird. Somewhere like it has to be weird. It's like not almost not unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. but almost believable. Yeah. Mm. Somewhere a baby had to be left in the wild and it survived. Somewhere oh, yeah. along the line. Yeah, Tarzan. And it's like so a baby had <laughs> yeah. to be small enough that it survived. Tarzan did good. Right. Tarzan, Tarzan was fit. Tarzan, he did it. It is left for dead. Yeah. Mom just survives after that. If George of the Jungle. If you're listening and you want to explore this idea more, feel free to contact me. <laughs> Even if you want to, I'm not interested in your bullshit. You calling it bullshit? I, I, want, <laughs> you I want this to become an actual yes, thing. Yes. Yeah, you need so, to get yourself detached from this now. Yeah, so maybe. like let it live 
by like other stupid people spreading it because like it could definitely become yeah. a mainstream thought it could 100% yeah. Yeah. yeah and if you can mention it like offhandedly like you heard it from somewhere like, you go to the deli and you're just like hey sure. did you hear this conspiracy theory and you just like plant it around a little bit and then yeah, let it yeah. go off on its own I even went so far like as baby I, in thinking about it I even went so far as thinking about like this can't be true like how, like how has this never been studied before mm. and it's like well maybe we've tried to study it but the babies convinced the researchers to not <coughs> mm-hmm. go on with their research <laughs> yeah you know it's funny that you t- this might be a failed com- com- comedic, comedic premise which I is, believe which is it fine. yeah no but uh, you know it's funny you said this because like I had a thought uh, a long time ago like yeah what if somebody just put all the dinosaur bones in the ground and there were never any dinosaurs? Oh. They just put fake bones. <laughs> and they just made models of like oh, I think evangelicals think that. I think, I think, I think there are religious people who think that, uh, who will say, oh, the dinosaur bones were put there by Satan. That you uh, can look up. What? Yeah, that you can look up. Well, hey, good work, Satan, because you did an excellent job hiding them. Yeah, we're still yeah. fighting them. Maybe I am a bit God. It's the people that think. <laughs> it's the people that think the Earth is only three thousand years because the of the math of the Bible or something like that. So they say, like, oh, any evidence that you find that Earth is older, it's just put there by the devil. Yeah, that's just an easy. Yeah, right. Just blame the devil for everything. You didn't do your taxes, it's the devil's yeah. fault. The devil's a friend of mine, though. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, how many does he have? He's, uh... Okay. Wait, do you want to know? Oh, wait, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, I always want to know before... Yeah, Queen Latifah has a talk show. That's true. Um, yeah. Drew Barrymore has a talk That's show. That's true. Yeah, she does. Um, Dick Cavett, old school, 60s yeah. talk show. Yeah. 70s talk show. Uh, um... Jeez. Uh, put Dolly Parton question mark. I think she might have had one. Look it up. But yeah. Um, I have to check on that. Re- live with Regis and Kelly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Bolt, was that Bolt? Did you get two for that or that? Yeah. yeah, he gets separately Regis and Kelly. Yeah. Kelly went on after Regis. Yeah. So true, she true. is officially independent now. I mean, I feel like I can do she more. I, in, a, in a way, I'm, I feel satisfied with my number. I don't know. I'll still. No, you should be more. satisfied with your number. Yeah. That's a good number. Yeah. Do you know your number off the top of your head? Good. I'm gonna guess 24. Wow, you're a very smart person. Twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 24, but it's very close. Uh, well, 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 well Die Hard. I, I do not see Die Hard with a talk show. Most oh, right. of hers right. are on talk shows, but yeah. not as the mm. host. Oh, uh, I think the the lady who was in who played in Mama's Family maybe had a talk show. What's her name? The Carol Burnett lookalike? I mean, I guess we can't uh, count it. If I, you're I not allowed know. to tell me. No. Well, Carol Burnett counts, right? Yes, she maybe. counts, yes. Mm. What do maybe, you mean, maybe? But that's maybe a lot because it's a sketch show? Yeah. Maybe Lucille Ball had a talk show. Mm. I mean... I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm. You're getting well, close. You're there is an Dean old. Dean Martin. There's a. I think Dean Martin. I think. Okay. There's an old lady that has had a talk show. Oh, an old lady. Did he say her already? No. And I, and there's some stoner that <laughs> I didn't get too. I think that you were referencing. No, that's somebody. not what I'm talking about. Mm. Older. Well. The Dean Martin show was a show. That was correct. Wow. He might have been a host of a variety show, but I think maybe he interviewed people too. Um, Andy Kaufman did a special where he interviewed, I think, like friends. I don't think that counts. Mm, I'm sorry. Not a talk show, yeah. 
right. You did pretty well. This, was, this should okay. be a win for you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You should be, feel very proud. Wait, sorry. Right. Question: Did you did he say Jimmy Fallon by any chance? Wow. No. Oh. And I won't. Oh, is it over? I thought it was over. It's not over. We, oh. won't, we won't put it on there. So you did a good job. Then you're wrapping it up. No, no I'm not cutting him off. No, yeah. He still has to say his final well, wishes. We well, get a freebie then. And, like, oh. what he wants the, the world to think about him and uh, wow, what he's huge. working on. Oh. <laughs> well, wait. That's a scary thing to admit almost. What, what, is, what is this deal with this, this film that you sent us? Is that. Because, yeah. oh. like, I started watching it. When is, like,. How long ago did it actually, like, how involved are you? Did you direct that? You camera person that? You produced it? You're involved in it? What's I did a, a lot of things. So it was, like, several years ago, um, some friends and I got together, and we came up with the premise of, like, a mockumentary. It was very low budget. It was kind of done as an experimental thing. as like, let's, instead of auditioning and trying to, uh, stumble on an opportunity let's you know create an opportunity for ourselves and it I even said from the beginning hey let's try to make a bad movie let's not worry about <laughs> anything good let's just try to complete something but then we did come up with a premise that was I don't know we like really liked we thought it was like better than um, the low budgetness that it was hmm. um, and so we shot it and then it Stayed on hard drives for a while because I like started editing it and then um, the computer crashed and like all this other stuff and mm. and then like self doubt and then like when the pandemic happened I was just like all right I guess I'll finish this feature length thing that's so low budget and maybe it's not even that great um, but yeah I'm starting to ask people to watch it to give feedback it's too long it, it feels a lot like Boy of the Horn for sure <laughs> oh, so yeah. we'll definitely be able to give you some advice yeah just like the opening sequences were very similar to Boy of the Horn and I was oh, right, like yeah, alright right. alright some parallel thought we've yeah, been doing yeah. the same exact shit in two different universes <laughs> yeah. I never watched this film and we shot some of the same exact frames no, yeah, yeah. Uh, no but it's really funny uh, and like the stuff I saw so far was very uh, interesting so yeah. I think like any project is good to complete because like yeah that's that's like the future i think is like amateur features because like if you can finish a feature no matter like what the quality like that has some kind of value because yeah. like, you worked long enough to establish a long-form story and it's like people are fine with tiktoks you know they're yeah. fine with the crappiest quality possible so like if you could just throw it together in a way that's cohesive i think people are really uh open to the uh like Am a amateur professional producer. Yeah, yeah. And what was the title? Uh, the working title oh, is work. my first documentary. Mm. Nice. And it's about weirdly. I mean, there is definitely similarities between our projects, and there's similarities between a documentary that I recently saw on Amazon Prime called The Ringmaster, which is a documentary about a, the guy in Iowa I think who makes the best onion rings uh -huh. and people will travel from all around to go to this guy's place where he <clears throat> makes onion rings but the documentary is also about the guy trying to make the documentary and failing at completing it oh, well. so it's very internal mm. and, and so the thing that I worked on is about a guy who 
makes a documentary but keeps on kind of inserting himself into it. Uh. And, and he's not that great of a filmmaker. That's uh. why it looks so low budget. Sounds so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you guys know each project you guys were doing? No, no. Jordan we and shot this like five, or years, five or six years ago. No, and oh, I, wow. yeah, no. And we didn't know each other. Recollection. Wow. We never talked about our film plans. No, yeah, we yeah. met each other casually. Wow, how yeah. like, interesting. Had a beer, maybe smoked smoked sure. a, a vape outside of Eastville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. No, but it's very Things cool. Things on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so besides that, what do you have um, coming up? Um, so life? looking forward to trying to achieve next, like. Yeah. Uh, well, I just put out that uh, ten-minute comedy album, which I am very proud of. Mm-hmm. And um, come on, guys! What is it called? It's, it's literally twelve minutes of yeah. your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. What's the album called? It's the best ten minutes of my life. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did that. I do still a morning show with my friends every Saturday. Uh, we do like you know a Saturday morning show every Saturday, and like three or four times a year, we're gonna try to do a twenty-four hour. what's the optimal way to uh, follow Stoner Morning Show like if you were like this is the easiest way to watch it like it's so simple all you have to do is log on to this app and then it's there Um, through our Facebook page Saturdays 10am Eastern Standard Time yeah but yeah we're gonna do a 24 hour fundraiser for the um, this isn't a done deal yet but it's pretty done uh, New York City's Indie Theater Fund, which raises money for like emergency grants for cool. artists in, in need. Um, Sweet. We're gonna do a telethon, telethon raise money for them, and uh, we're looking for performers. I'll say that to the people in the room. Like, oh. let's all follow up on it. You know. Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Also, yeah. maybe some people at home want to hit you up. Can yeah, they, sure. do, Can they DM you if they want to make a submission? Yeah, perhaps? definitely. Yeah. yeah. Some uh, green-friendly viewers out there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we always are just looking for guests to talk about anything. It doesn't have to be Mm weed-related. The fun of the show is just stoners reacting to people talking about whatever. Yeah. You had my priest the other day. No, I don't have a priest. Oh, no. (laughs) Priests on weed. We've interviewed skateboarders. <laughs> who also smoke, but you know what I mean, like whatever, um, whatever. Well, congratulations uh, with your twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yes. yeah. double dozen. That's Congrats. that's uh, right in the middle of the pack, I'd say. Oh, great! Yeah, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, for being on sessions with Mary Jane. Yes, thank sure. you. It was really Coming wonderful on. to have your yeah. improv wisdom to yeah. three yeah. improvisers here. Thanks. I feel for... like I still have so many questions to ask. Oh yeah. Oh, do you oh, want to keep asking say, questions? Thanks, no, no. Thanks. I want to say overtime. Thanks, I want to say thanks for answering my desperate post on Facebook of what podcasts can I go on? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but I, yeah, I yeah, legit yeah. like I never know who's like comfortable being in public, comfortable being stoned and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's perfect a stoner morning show person, yeah. somebody who definitely yeah. would want to be on this podcast. Sure, yeah, uh, and. It was a great podcast. How hashtag blessed we are. Put him yeah. on your podcast now. Sure. Oh, yeah, Thank absolutely. you, Sean. Do any of you have closing thoughts? Uh, you know, if an alien gets us on our walk home tonight, is that, is that not because you want the aliens to get us? You don't. Want you don't. <laughs> Jordan says no aliens tonight. But if it happens, I hope it's a good experience for us afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, last thought, I would definitely appreciate if you had a podcast where you just talked in your soothing voice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I might, could yeah. Um, listen to it as... 
I'm just doing chores yeah. or doing anything that I have time. Oh, here's another thing that I, I might do. Should... We still have to hear from, from Jordan his final thoughts. But <laughs> I, um, I think this is like a Stoner Morning Show like content um, project. I, th- I think I'm going to put out a video of like Stoner Morning Show Reading Club. Ooh. But all I'm going to do, I, I just bought a copy of this. I don't know. I guess I'm crowdsourcing, like, what I, or whatever. <laughs> but I bought a copy of Moby Dick, which is 800 pages long. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a video oh of me slowly turning the pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so if you wanted to read Moby Dick, you can watch this video and just hit pause. Oh, my God. <laughs> In between every... Oh. This. Wait, how long do you think this is going to take? The visual book. I timed it. And the copy I found does Are have Are you doing this good. in one sitting? Oh, yeah. It's, oh. it's just going to be one take I timed it out turning 10 20 pages oh like this. slowly doing it and then I you know extrapolated it out it would take roughly 70 minutes okay. to do the whole thing uh, really? I've least, never read it I've okay. never read it so. I've never read it either I, it's a longer thing you're I, just doing a public service you don't need yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never read the book either I've seen the I've seen the movie version which is interesting I don't know I could so you're not gonna read along with it no you're, you're just flipping pages that's it why not also read along and then someone read while you're so it's like an audio and visual I don't want to maybe this okay, is cool. the yeah, yeah it's, it's too like long an audio book it's a video book <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly a video <laughs> but I got you I it's got the you. lazy no, with no audio it's guys. the lazy way to do a reading club yeah. I feel like. yeah, no, so I, I, I love, it. It's, it sounds fantastic. I, I, and I think I'll have like waves, uh, oh, sound wow. effect mm. in the background, mm-hmm. maybe some whale Very noises. Calming. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, some like yeah. shouting, Ooh. some like like going yeah. to hoop death. Are there other uh, action noises, or is no. just gonna be one consistent thing? That's too much work. It's, <laughs> enough, <laughs> it's enough to sit and right. turn <laughs> eight hundred pages. You're even, famous for sound effects here at Late Night Hall. Yeah. I even thought about like, oh, maybe I'll write some funny th- jokes on post-it notes to reveal them half, uh, uh, like at certain points through. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. But then, but then I was like. No, no just do the, th- just do that. Do you just not want to do more work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know. That's great. It's remember me when you're that. famous. <laughs> oh, you definitely. can do that for so many books. That's yeah, a series exactly. Now. Um, for you know, public domain books, but also, I mean, <laughs> if nobody watches it, if it doesn't go viral, if it doesn't get a lot of hits, if it doesn't translate into more subscribers for Stone and Morning Show. It'll still be a meditative thing that I can do for like an hour. You're, that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And also, you can, always, you can always read it if you wanted to, also. <laughs> I could always, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Final thoughts? Um, hashtag YOLO swag. Um, <laughs> well said. Check out uh, patreon.com slash late night hump oh, if you really want to be our best friend. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to be our best friend, uh, just. Search LNH Studios on your podcast apps, uh, and come on down to New Jersey Weedman's Joint on a Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we are still doing that show. We got our shows at latenighthump.com/shows. Uh, wow, what a time to be alive! Uh, we're coming into Aries season. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. gonna be life um, is gonna be good. Working yeah. in another film. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, cool. So that'll yep. be fun. Yeah, yeah. And drop that whenever. Yeah. And um, just everyone get ready for summer. Mm-hmm. Spring and summer. Wear a mask. Get 
Intervene.